Hi, welcome back. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, sorry about that. I've been a busy guy. Um, yeah, so, but the important thing is, I'm coming back and recording podcast because I can and I've got nothing better to do. Um, so, for episode three, I've got no guest this week, but, uh, you know, I'm just going to do, do it stag if that's all right with you. I've got some questions from um friends or people just want to interact with uh the true pit um again not that serious of a thing um it's just a bit of fun on the side or anyone that's just genuinely interested in my opinion on um heavy music and the culture around it um so first question we've got from ryan why are you so beautiful i don't think that was directed at me Ryan, if you're gonna slide into uh, an e-girl's DMs, make sure it's an actual e-girl, not me. I know it's, we're easily confused, but you know, that, that's, that's it, that's fine. Uh, Tony's saying, can I offer you an egg in this trying time? Um, I would much, much appreciate an egg in this trying time. Um, it's, a, it's a rough time for all of us and the country itself, and I reckon we can all do uh, with an egg in this, uh, in this trying time. Uh, Joe asks, uh, fancy a beer? Uh, Joe, you know more than anyone uh, the answer to that question. Um, I can neither confirm or deny whether I fancy a beer, um, but you know, uh, those who know me know the answer to that question. Um, Ah, finally, a serious question. Well, relatively serious. Uh, Cameron asks, what is the next step for metal to continue progressing as a genre? Um, entirely um, I'm not sure it has been progressing um, <laughs> uh, there are certain bands nowadays that are really making a concerted effort to do the exact same fucking thing over and over again um, that's fine uh, I get if you've got a fan base you've got a market that works uh, do that you know that's that's the safe bet um, but then there's bands that really do make a fucking difference uh, in their heavy music and really give me, uh, give me hope uh, for the future of the genre. Um, you know, I could say a few bands, like I've spoken about them before, Lotus Eater, um, make a concerted effort to do what they feel is uh, their own thing, and it definitely comes across that way. Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing what they're, uh, they're bringing next. I know they've been posting a lot of updates of being in the studio. Um, I know they've got a lot of big things coming up for the remainder of 2019 uh, that I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about, but uh, it's big things coming. <laughs> big things coming soon. Um, but for example, bands like Lotus Eater, uh, I know Not Loose. Um, I've never been a massive fan of Not Loose. However, a few tracks I have heard from the latest record, uh, A Different Shade of Blue, um, it, it's, they prove that uh, they, are, they are doing what they need to do uh, in order to get ahead in this industry and what I feel a lot of people seem to, seem to disregard is you need to do your own thing in order to become that headliner um, and to become uh, a staple in the culture of heavy music um, you know, you can you can regurgitate the same old metal, the same old hardcore. You know, it might sound okay. You might get a few hits. You know, 
but it's never going to fucking matter if you know it's not genuine and it's you know it's not from you um it's it's you'll, you'll be a passing phase unfortunately um next question was uh rafe asking how <laughs> discuss how hardcore is the best genre and everything else is terrible um i don't know rafe i don't know i just guess you know this you know hardcore is just one of those genres that's just the best you know everything else is just shocking i know i know no um i i digress of course uh a hardcore is a very very marmite genre for me uh personally um i think there are a lot of bands that uh, do it well and do it differently and i think there are the majority of bands that do exactly the same fucking thing um and it bores me to death um you know and that's just one of those things right so this week we've got some new music released today a lot of singles not a lot of albums this week but you know that's not it's not a bad thing at all i sometimes get more amped off a single uh than i would uh from from a record because it's you know it's a new new beginning for a lot of bands or you know it's the new chapter and what i've seen to have noticed is a lot of bands going far more metal than they perhaps usually would. Um, a good example of this is this week Amity Affliction releasing their new single All My Friends Are Dead. Uh, the cover art literally being like a fleshy concrete and then someone finger painted in blood All My Friends Are Dead. No logo, no nothing. And you click on this track and it's just blast beats straight away. And uh, if you haven't heard Amity Affliction before, um, and you've only heard this song, you're like, okay, fair enough, you know, solid metal track. This band has been borderline pop punk at times, and to hear a track like this come out and just slap you in the face is the best fucking thing. I was genuinely surprised by this track. Um, I'm really stoked uh, that Amity Affliction, I'm hoping it's going to be leading on to uh, an EP or an LP that's just straight heaviness. Um, alongside, uh, of course, of Mice and Men, who have just decided to just go down this route of just, you know, OG 2000s metal slash metalcore and just gone for it, you know, all in, you know, <laughs> just straight heaviness. And I think it's really refreshing to see a resurgence in that. Um, you know, I felt for a lot of time, uh, a lot of bands would be focusing on, you know, the hooks and the choruses, rightfully so, you know, it's going to get you radio play and, you know, it's going to get you, you know, uh, a lot of mainstream attention. But to see two very well established bands that have been around for a while, you know, they've been around for a lot, a lot longer than, um, than you might think, um, doing something uh, completely different to what everyone else is doing and succeeding at it. You know, playing smaller venues, selling them out. I think that's always a great way to get, uh, you know, get get your fans involved is to do more intimate shows because um, you know it's going to sell out. These bands should be playing much bigger venues. Um, for example, of Mice and Men playing the Camden Underworld the other week. Um, I unfortunately myself could not get a ticket, uh, but I know my friend went and she had an amazing time. Obviously, a big band like that playing just absurdly heavy songs. Um, in such a in such a great venue, I've pl- played there a couple of times myself. I've been to many shows there myself. It's a uh, it's a beautiful thing to see, man. You know, it's 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 great to see bands sort of going like you know, 
fuck everyone else. Ignore all the all the bullshit and the, the processing and the, the formulaic structures. You know, let's just do do this. This is what we love. We can we we know that. Um, and just go, you know, balls deep in with it. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Man. Um, as well as new music, uh, we've got the new single from Don Broco, um, Bedford Boys, Represent. Um, now, <laughs> this band have never been, uh, never been normal. Um, but, you know, after the last album, Technology, they went down quite a bizarre route and I, for one, fucking loved it. And they've just exploded. I mean, to see a Bedford band headline Wembley Arena, that is just mind-blowing. And it's, it's just amazing to see that, you know, it's still doable. You know, it's, it's, in, it's an incredible thing. And they've released a new song, uh, another standalone single after Half Man, Half God, which sounded some sort of like some fucked up Ibiza anthem <laughs> when screaming, distorted vocals. Um, sort of like a dig at religion kind of thing so it was, it was awesome it was awesome and they released a new single called Action that's got not one not two not three but four feature spots on it including Caleb from Beartooth um, I'm not entirely sure who the other guys are I'm going to be completely honest with you um, these bands seem like you know the sort of walk tall route kind of uh, American bands but you know I've listened to the track a couple of times uh, it's heavy but not in that sense it's heavy in a very different way in a very bizarre way it's a very interesting track but keeping to that um, you know that steady beat that sort of dance music um, kind of <laughs> structure going on and Rob doing a lot of shouting and less clean vocals he's, he's, it's, it's good to see them going back into their into their roots a bit more um, you know it's, it's, it's awesome so hyped off those singles um, also today um, short plug for myself and uh, another band so Metal Hammer uh, the magazine uh, did a Slipknot issue a couple of months ago prior to the release of uh, the Slipknot album and they asked my band Misery and loads of other bands to do covers for a nine track Slipknot uh uh, covers album and today we've released uh, our cover of Left Behind of course from the album Iowa um, we're really happy with it it's a lot of fun um, it's no, it was nothing too serious for us uh, we just wanted to put it out there so people can jam uh, and just uh, you know just have a good time with it and also on the same day today from Sorry to Serenity the guys from Scotland um, really lovely chaps and they've released their cover of The Blister Exists which, uh, quite frankly, shits on our cover, but, you know, it was gonna anyway, you know. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, they've released theirs today, so it's, uh, it's a good day for Slipknot fans. If you want to check out some covers, go for it. Um, so, with further ado, so topics this week. So, I really want people to stop talking about Tool, but I feel like it needs to be discussed. Um, so they've released their new album after I think it was something like 13 years and it's called Fear Inoculum and I've never been a massive fan of Tool, um, I was about to say massive fan of Fool then, that would have been, that would have been embarrassing but it's a good job I didn't say it on, a, on the podcast. But, you know. um, so they've released uh, their entire back catalogue on the same day that we released our 
debut single for our new record, but that's fine. Thank you for that. Mayonnaise, James Keenan. Um, you know, but they've released all that, and I actually went and listened to all the albums through and through just to see what all the fuss was about, because, uh, you know, I feel like it's just a big thing for a lot of people. It's a lot of people's favourite bands, and I couldn't understand why a band that clearly didn't do much with themselves for over a decade has such a hardcore fan base, um, as well as quite elitist fan base. Um, and I've listened to these songs from a fresh mind, not someone that's grown up with it, so there's no nostalgia factor there for me. I was just listening to them as individual pieces of art, and I couldn't piece together why this is uh, as big as it is. Um, I can understand, you know, a few songs I'd heard before, like Schism and... Uh, what's the other one? Uh, one of the tracks off Undertow. I don't know. <sighs> but, um, I just felt... The pot, that's the one, the pot. I don't know if it's off that rap record, but you know, I heard it while I was at music college and I was just about as impressed as listening to it now than I was back then. Um, I find the music very dull, um, uninteresting. I get it's complex, very um, educated and uh, very intelligent music. Um, but I also think it's very important in order to uh, release music that's also um, good. Um, and this has sort of come out, so I've always thought about that when I was listening to these, these albums when they'd come out and they've released their new album um, this month on, uh, sorry, last month on August the 30th. And I feel bad for a lot of fans um, that were really looking forward to hearing this album um, because I've read up and seen that they've been fairly uh, disappointed with it. Um, found it very underwhelming being the main um, theme there um, and I've listened to it all 90 fucking minutes of it um, and yeah I just it's just bad <laughs> it's not it's not a strong record by any means um, it's you know if if you really dead set on liking it you know before it's even come out as I know a lot of tall fans would um, you know, that's, that's good to see, um, I'm glad you're enjoying it, uh, you know, I won't stop anyone from, anyone from listening to something they, uh, they really like, you know, it's, it's to each to their own, just from a personal perspective, um, I, feel, I just feel bad for Tool fans, um, for waiting this long, and being so anxious for this, um, and then having that, um, to listen to, and then who knows how long it will be until they release another one. And what worries me the most is they took that long to release an album and the, the songs weren't even that good. Um, so that's the best of their material that they've got as a band and that's what they released. So <sighs> says, something, says something about that. Anyway, onto a more positive note, um, Slipknot's new album, uh, We Are Not Your Kind. Um, when on the first listen, this came out while I was at Bloodstock Festival in Derby. Um, shout out to Bloodstock Festival, also for winning uh, the Heavy Music Award for Best Festival. Truly well deserved. Fuck yeah. Um, but the the album, um, I'd waited for this album for a while. I'm a big Slipknot fan, you know. It's um, like most 20, 21 year olds. <laughs> Almost forgot my age then. That would have been embarrassing on the podcast, but good job I didn't say it. Um, uh, and that came out on the uh, Friday 
um, that we were there. So not only was I severely hungover, but I didn't really want to listen to uh, any loud music <laughs> at that time in the morning. Um, so by the time I'd sort of gotten home, I was able to, you know, actually give it a proper educated listen. And I felt a lot of it I could live without, but then a few tracks, I was like, this is some of the best Slipknot material written in such a long time, in such a long time. Um, it's, it's, again, it's just a shame they, they, um, they, couldn't, they couldn't replicate that into other tracks. Um, there's tr so the two, the two tracks that really stood out for me were Critical Darling um, and uh, Nero Fort. Uh, two very, very good Slipknot songs. Uh, you know, Slipknot have a really good uh, habit of having a really catchy hook of the chorus, as well as providing solid riffs, thumping drums, and everything else around it. Uh, I thought they were two very, very impressive tracks. On a gentler note, I really enjoyed the track Spiders, very fucking creepy, sort of got this Halloween-esque um, uh, theme around it. It was, it was really cool. Um, it, you can really see uh, V-Man's input on these sort of tracks um, as, as a songwriter himself um, I, but I felt a lot of tracks there's like you see the track listing and you see like seven minutes or something whereas these songs are actually in reality just under five minutes um, but they'll have uh, you know a minute and a half each end of or synth or silence and get when you're that big of a band you know you can get away with it but I just, I just feel it's um, uh, it can come across as a bit pretentious sometimes and a bit of a time waster um, especially nowadays excuse me um, with uh, people like me that have grown up in the, the streaming generation um, well I say the streaming generation I listen to CDs for a while compact discs now I feel old um, but with uh, things like iPods and stuff, we want to we want to hear it straight away. We want to hear the song. Um, yes, I can appreciate that some of those drony synths um, can sometimes be a part of the song. But I feel with this record, uh, the drony synths didn't add to anything. Uh, they'd sometimes just be a single note that would just go on for a minute and a half, two minutes, and that to me is not uh, adding to uh, adding to the song. It's actually creating a barrier between the listener and the actual song itself. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, down to that not, I guess. But um, I think We Are Not Your Kind as a, in a total. Um, it's a grower, um, but it's a very enjoyable record. Um, I feel, um, as a whole, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did The Grey Chapter. Um, I'm very much aware that The Grey Chapter was, um, had mix, uh, a mixed reception. Um, but <laughs> I feel um, uh, that that record had more uh, quality and uh, it had more quality within quantity, whereas I feel We Are Not Your Kind was very much quality over quantity, which is, which is fine. Um, but I feel it could have been compressed into a, a, a much uh, smaller, less longer album um, with more uh, thought into these songs. One thing I did want to speak about um, with Slipknot is the production, and I get that that's their, that's their image, that's their, that's their view, um, but I really feel some of these songs could be done a lot better with a lot less production on them. You know, when you listen to 
Iowa and the, the debut record, you know, some of these, the anger is more, it's, it's just more in those records. And I feel that's due to um, the, the sheer lack of production on these things, the rawness and just the, the genuinity in these tracks and I feel they could really do something with that in this modern day of heavy production and expensive studios just go all out balls deep just you know release something just disgusting you know and I I, I get I get I've I've had this discussion with a few other um, peers um, but you know their their lives aren't that bad anymore you know they're they've 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 gone through the rough patches they're they're fathers they have families they um they're in a different part of their life so they won't have that same uh, angst or you know aggression that they once did um but then i hear in some of these tracks you know there's there's still there's still a darkness there and there's there's still that original slipknot in these tracks you know you can hear it when you listen to these that you're like that's a slipknot song but I feel they could just really just relax on the whole production thing and then just go all in and just write some really disgusting heavy shit, um, which would be good to hear sometime. Um, with those albums being said, um, I wanted to discuss uh, my trip to the Heavy Music Awards. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough, uh, me and the guys in Misery, um, we're on the Noise Cartel PR company and um, our lovely uh, PR lady, Donnie. Shout out to Donnie at Noise Cartel. Um, said to us last minute, do you guys want to come to this, this award ceremony? And we're just like, yes, this would be fantastic. Um, so we all went, um, Para drummer, who was not available at the time. Um, and we had a fantastic time. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, uh, so we got there and then uh, we'd been invited to the press area uh, did a lot of press interviews and stuff which was all very fun very relaxed um, it was it was a really good time being surrounded by very famous people um, especially at the press area and the bar in general um, you know I'm not one to be uh, overly starstruck but when you're having a pint next to Sam Carter from Architects it can be somewhat daunting um, but everyone I did meet um they was very friendly. Um, I had a chat with Griffin from Shapes, who we'll be playing with at Castle Fest in Luton uh, later this month, uh, which will be a fantastic gig. Um, I spoke to Daniel P. Carter from the Radio One show. Um, the guys in Cancer Bats introduced me to him. Um, I don't know Cancer Bats that well, but um, we, we gigged with them the week before. And Liam uh, from Cancer Bats features on uh, our latest single called Still Breaks My Heart. Um, that's Misery, Still Breaks My Heart, featuring Liam Call Me of Cancer Bats. Just, yeah, just putting that in there. <laughs> and, uh, and spoke to him for a while. Um, I also spoke to Poppy, um, who was a very interesting character. Um, she's been sort of working her way into sort of heavy music uh, side of things with her latest few songs. She's just signed to Sumerian Records for her new, uh, for her new album. Um, it's very bizarre but she was there to accept the uh, uh, it was the best band for something for Fever 333 who I believe are her um, metal band on the records just doing those uh, the the heavier side of her songs Um, I'm trying to think of who else I met there Um, 
well, a lot of my friends were there. It was nice to see MTXS, the guys from MTXS were there, and it's always a pleasure to see those guys. They always make me smile. Um, it's 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 nice to see when uh, you're sort of getting to places with with your friends and people that you've you know gigged with for a while. It's, it's really nice to see. Um, met the guys from Confessions for Traitor. They were very nice chaps. Um, I hadn't actually heard their music before. I'd just seen. Uh, clips online. <laughs> um, they've been very fortunate in having a lot of their gigs captured um, by someone at the show, and I believe one of their shows was at a like a sushi bar or something. <laughs> and the people in the kitchen, I don't believe they they knew who they got in as a band for their their restaurant, but it was uh, it looked fantastic. <laughs> um, see if you can find that one online. Um, other than that, it was it was really nice to meet a bunch of people at the Heavy Music Awards. It was really nice to see a lot of bands getting recognised, um, a lot of venues and festivals being recognised at the festival, at the festival at the award show. That was a, that was a bit of a mouthful. Um, uh, the bands that played were uh, Cancer Bats. Uh, they were headlining, um, so it was good to see them again. Um, the guys in Loathe uh, did a set, and uh, I've only seen Loathe uh, a couple of times and uh, they were really really good um, and uh, had a chat with them after they were really nice guys again playing castle fest in luton at the end of this month so make sure you get to that there are so many good bands playing that yeah so so far the bands i've mentioned is misery my band mtxs playing loathe playing and shapes that are playing so just get down to it and <laughs> it's gonna be an insane gig um who else played uh, a band called nova twins played um, they were very interesting. It sounded like sort of the prodigy-esque kind of thing. It's uh, two two girls at the front, and then a, I think it might be one guy or a couple of guys at the back. But you know that's usually how it is with um, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it was very uh, anti. Uh, who were they called? Uh, I can't remember. They were, they were a duo at the start, um, but they were very good as well. Um, it was just an all-around very nice event. Uh, a lot of drinking going on. It was it was a it was a great time, and also just another shout out to Bloodstock for winning best uh, festival award. I feel they really deserved that um, this year, especially with a lot of the controversy um, around the headliners. However, my time at Bloodstock was a bloody good one, <laughs> and again, many beers shared there again. Um, that will be uh, all for this podcast. Um, Thanks for listening if you've made it this far. Um, <laughs> um, if you've got any questions or anything, just send them to the Instagram account uh, at the True Pit Reviews um, or the Facebook page, just the True Pit. Any questions or anything you want asked um, or you're just genuinely interested in my opinion. Um, not a lot of people are, which I don't blame them for. Um, but you know, if you've got any questions or you, you know just genuinely want to hear what I have to say about it, that's fine. Also, if you want to be on the podcast, if you want to come hang out, have a coffee, have a few beers, um, get on the podcast and just discuss, you know, we can have a full-on argument if you want, you know. <laughs> um, okay, cool. That's uh, Harvey from The True Pit uh, signing out for this uh, this month, probably. See you soon. Bye-bye.